Hi, I'm Vicky Ann, founder and director at Creative Recruiters. Welcome to the Creative Studio Insider podcast. My guest today is Chris Riordan. Chris is the Creative Services Manager at the Department of Education and Training. Thanks so much for joining us today, Chris. Thank you very much for having me. So let's start with you telling our listeners about the Department of Education and Training, about your role, your team, and what type of work you're producing. No worries. So um, as a department, we look after uh, everything from early childhood through to schools and then through to TAFE. So we have those sort of three different sectors that we look after. Um, and within my team, uh, we have... Um, Video and design is basically the way it's split between the two. So we have three visual designers and two videographers uh -huh. and myself. Um, and so we work on we work on everything from you know collateral that'll go into events through to social media content through to videos, um, and just trying to work on more animations as well. But sort of slowly trying to push towards more digital content, um, but still with a little bit of a foot in the, in the traditional print world. Because you've got a background in video, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So I um I worked as a video producer. Well, worked in video production for um probably about three or four years. Um, yeah. The for for those who don't know the the career progression within video and, and TV is that you go into a job for very little amount of money and then work your absolute backside off to a point where you're earning decent money and then you get made redundant and you go somewhere else and you get paid <laughs> very little money and you work your backside off. So I did that twice and finally decided I would love to go somewhere where they didn't make me redundant. And so I ended up going into, into government. Okay. And what, what was so attractive about the government space, do you think? Uh, at that stage, um, we, my wife and I were expecting our first child and I thought, hey, it'd be great if I had a job where I didn't get fired. Um, no, it, was, it was probably a little bit of, bit of stability, like um, the hours and things I was working at that stage for in video and TV was just was yeah, too much. Yeah, um, and it was just a chance to try something a little bit different. Um, and at that, at that stage, I was just doing print collateral. So I was working for print and then sort of merged across into, into general comms. Um, and then we had, in Victoria, we had the Black Saturday bushfires. And mm. at that stage, I was working for the Department of Health and uh, Department of Human Services, as now the mm. Department of Health and Human Services. And we were just doing this incredible work that I sort of knew was not going to be, like, you can't come back to that and talk about it retrospectively. You kind of need to go out and capture what's happening at the time. And so I said to my boss mm. at the time, hey, do you want me to go out and capture some of this? And they said, yeah, sure. So I took my own little video camera out and then got some footage and edited it at home and they loved oh, it. And wow. they said, well, could you do this on a more long-term basis? And so, yeah, we sort of, I started doing video as 20% of my job and then it became 40% of my job and then it became my entire job. And then it became a, a, like a team of two there. And then I moved across to DET to, to run the, the video and social team um, about three years ago. How have you found during the COVID period um, the, the, the increase in the use of video and um, motion graphics? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the motion graphics is, is definitely a move, but it, it, it's driven a little bit by the way the trends are going um but i think it's also driven by the fact that a lot of people couldn't go out and film stuff so you suddenly yeah. had to rely on, on assets that you you had um to hand and so if that meant creating mm. them through an animation that was the way you had to do it mm. um and it is also uh 
it's a bit easier to, to get everything that you want into a shot uh, in an animation than it is to go out and film it and hope that you can get everything that you need. So yeah, it, it does yeah. have that bonus, but it, the, the, the sort of flip side to it is that it is a lot more time consuming um, yeah. and it is a lot more, probably a lot more intensive as well. Um, yeah, but yes, yeah, so sure. that was something we, we definitely started doing a lot more animation um, during the time uh, during COVID. And also because we sort of had the capacity to, to train up on it. Often if you're running at full tilt, you don't get the time to sort of step outside of your normal work and learn how to use the program. So that was actually mm. quite handy for us. And before we jumped on air, you mentioned that, you know, your team has been operating effectively from home. Um, have you or your team found it challenging to have those essential creative conversations um, and collaborative brainstorming while you've been working remotely or has it been the opposite? I think, sadly, it's probably somewhere in between the two. I think, yeah. um, I think when like we we sort of only came together as a team a few months before everything started so we, we were still finding our feet a little bit and so one of the first things we did when everyone was started working from home was to have a daily whip and that has been an integral part of everything we've done since like it was just that chance to catch up and to have those those conversations i do still think there is probably something visceral that happens when you're meeting with people and you have those chats that you do miss out on. And I think that's a little bit harder. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just a question of adapting through to it and and sort of, yeah, I think without being able to read some of those visual cues, the, the conversations do take a little bit more time to get to the point where you want them to be. Um, mm. But I don't think we've missed out on anything necessarily. Do you think creativity is contagious and that's why we all need to be together? I, I think, there is definitely something that happens when people are in a room talking about a thing. I think that is definitely something you can't mm. replicate. Um, but it's not that without that, you can't get it created. Uh, and I think sometimes being at home, you're exposed to a lot more stuff you probably wouldn't have been, exp been exposed to before. And so suddenly, you know, you've got different ideas, different perspectives and things like that, which can actually be, can be really positive. And, um, you know, if you're sitting in a meeting room, no one's going to go, hang on a sec, let me show you this video and get everyone to crowd around. But if you're on a video mm. chat, it's like, oh, cool. Well, I saw this the other day. Suddenly everyone's sharing it, looking at it at the same time. So yeah, there are definitely swings and roundabouts. Um, mm. But I, I don't think creativity has necessarily been a, a big loser during COVID. No. And as the studio manager, what tools have you needed to use that perhaps you weren't using before to bring that studio feeling together whilst working offsite? Just a lot of yelling, I think. Um, <laughs> just, just no, um, no, that that has been has been tricky. We we um, I, I think it, it's been as much about um, probably trying to create an environment where people are happy to pitch in ideas. I think that's. That's the, the part that as long as you've got people who feel comfortable trying to come up with ideas, then then the process can start and you can take it from there. So that, that's been a big mm. part of it is just trying to make sure that everyone felt comfortable um, pitching in ideas. But then from there, yeah, it's been like, you know, we, we use monday.com within our team, within our broader division um, for sort of tracking projects. But um, in terms of the creative side of it is, is a lot more just bouncing ideas off each other and, and and sort of being willing to run with an idea and get it to a point where we can actually um, see if it's working. And if it's not, so be it. But nine times yeah. out of 10, if, if you've got a few different people working on the one project, it'll, it'll come together nicely. Do you think that's tech that you'll keep once you're all back in the office together? Yeah, I hope so. I, I think 
I mean, like, yeah, I, again, I don't know when we'll all be in the office together. And I think a lot of us have found massive pros to not being in the office all the time. So I think that, that, that it, it's going to have to be adapting to that hybrid model that's going to be probably even trickier. I think, I think if it were a flat out, everyone's back in the office, we can adapt to that. If everyone's at home, you can work to that. But it's when you're sort of in between those two stages that it is, it is really hard. Um, and, and I think the other thing is that it, we've been able to do the collaborative stuff within our team, um, but we're a relatively small team. What we probably haven't been able to do as well was to go out to our, you know, the program areas and the other parts within the comms division and work collaboratively with them. That, that probably hasn't been as strong as it has been in the past. Mm. How many projects would you and your team be managing at any one time? Yeah, it really is feast and famines. It can really vary. Mm. Um, you know, we probably... You know, in, we, we have a, a time of year when we're doing a lot of events and that is probably our busiest time of the year. And so with that, it, it might only be three or four events, but the amount of collateral that comes out of it is, mm. yeah, dazzling. Um, I'd say that we're probably always working on, you know, whether you call like a, a social tile, like, a, you know, a project, project, probably not so much. Yeah. But yeah, it's so I, I'd say, you know, we, we would have at least probably 10 that we're working on every week and then that would ramp right up to sort of you know 40 or 50 depending on on how much stuff is coming through and um a little birdie told me that one of your hobbies that you're really passionate about is photography how important do you think photography is to design in in general is it becoming more important or less important do you think oh yeah i've got a vested interest so i think it's very important <laughs> and everyone should pay photographers a lot um I think I think that for, for as we do more and more stuff on social media, I, I sometimes feel as though the the photos have a slightly higher value than a lot of the other assets because they can be used multiple times and in multiple different forums and formats and they can kind of be repurposed a lot easier than, than video can be and can be produced a lot quicker than an animation um, can be. So yeah, I, I still I really love using it and I think that it is a really easy way to add some humanity to anything is to have a nice photo of someone in there. So I think that that really, that works really well. Um, but it, it, it is also that tricky thing of everyone, everyone's a bit of a photographer and everyone's got a phone. So you're trying to find that balance between uh, getting a nice shot, getting it used, um, but yeah, also having to, to uh, make sure that it actually works for what, you know, it's, you're not just using it for the sake of using it, it actually does have a purpose. But yeah, I definitely love using the photography and, and the, more, the more we use it, the more people want it. That's the only other tricky part. Mm, you've brought a lot to this, this role since you've been there. In your opinion, what are the most you know, important attributes of successful studio managers, do you think, particularly in this current climate? Oh, I haven't, I don't know one. So um, I think, look, I, I think a lot of it, it's certainly over the last year, I, I think it has just been a lot of those, the, the soft people skills. Like I, I do think, like the work will get done uh, I've never been in a situation where the work just flat out hasn't been done. So I, I feel as though that will be done. It's just a question of whether people are actually happy and whether people are enjoying it and whether people are going to come back the next day as excited as they were the previous. And, mm -hmm. and I do feel that a, a pretty big role of, of any manager or any sort of leadership thing is to make sure that people are actually coming to work each day and actually enjoying it and feeling like they're getting something from it. Um, and I think in government that can be hard sometimes because you can pour a whole lot of stuff into something that just for whatever reason doesn't get up. And I think your, your uh, role is to make sure that people who are working on those projects don't feel like it was a failure because it didn't go up. 
it was a success because of the process and what you came up with and, and how it could be used in other projects. So I think that's probably it, just trying to keep everyone, you know, engaged and, and, and happy. In, in the contemporary studio, the roles and job descriptions have really changed, particularly over the last five years. Digital transformation has really changed design work, you know, it, it, um, as a whole. Which roles do you feel have changed the most? I mean, for us, uh, the one of the big changes we've made is, is our graphic designers have become visual designers. And, you know, that can be as simple as a, a change of title, but the reality is it is really, really moving towards that idea of everything has to have a, a digital application. Like, you know, it needs to be able to be used on ideally on multiple platforms um, and in multiple ways. So how, how can you come up with uh, an asset and make sure it can be used across the social on a web banner, it can be used in print collateral, it can be used, uh, you know, built into an animation, all that sort of stuff. So I think that's the, the tricky part. And that's for us, that's what we've been trying to do is to try and make sure our designers are, are having a thought with an eye for, the full range of products that whatever we're going to create could go out on. Um, and so, yeah, and that from us as well, that's been making sure that they can get up to speed on, on doing animations and things like that as well. So that, yeah, that they're thinking about that endpoint as well as whatever they're working on um, for a static image. Mm. Um, I've heard many people say that design is a living discipline. Um, and as with any other practice that evolves and changes over time, what are some of the most notable changes that you've noticed in the past, say, two years? Um, and look, my my background is much more aligned with the video side. I think that's where I've had a sure. lot more strength. But I think I think it's 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 that social media um, delivery that's made the biggest difference. Um, there was the number of times I've been asked to make a short six minute video is horrific because everyone kind of have no, no idea of how long six minutes can actually feel. And I feel yeah. like that the rise of social media is suddenly everyone's talking 30 seconds, you're talking one minute videos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that really changes the way you tell a story when, when you don't have, um, when you don't have the luxury of time to to give context and all that sort of stuff, you have to be a lot smarter and a lot more savvy in the way you actually tell your story. Um, and also that, you know, we have a lot of channels now where the video is going to start and people are watching without any audio. So you then not only have to be able to engage them, but you have to do it purely visually. So a lot of that stuff I found has been a real challenge, but a really mm. a welcome challenge because I think it has led to us getting a lot better and a lot more brutal and ruthless in in our in the way we deliver stuff mm. and of course there's lots of tech companies that are benefiting from that because we're all using all using those programs to add the text to our videos now um, and you mentioned the trend of everything being 30 to 60 seconds max what what other um, trends are you seeing right now play out um, and how have they affected your work day to day um, well, one of the, I mean, it's not so much a trend, but one of the, the interesting things I've really noticed is, is because so much of the social stuff, uh, you can't guarantee people are going to be able to hear it, captions have become something that are just done mm. on all videos now. And yeah. I can remember for years, there was, no, it's too hard to do. No, we can't do it. And, and that was when it was seen as an accessibility feature as opposed to just selling for the general public. So that's, I've that's been amazed true. at how quickly 
that has changed. And now our captions are now just basically part of Diragur for every project you're going to deliver, they will be part of it. But of course, it does add a fair bit of time. And for us, if we're creating a, a video that's going to be widescreen for one thing, but square for another four, and then mm. the captions that you've done for the widescreen no longer fit on the square, so you're having to work those around. Um, and if you're suddenly doing like nine, 16 videos, as opposed to 69, all that sort of stuff, it all just yeah. changes. And so, yeah, you've the workflows and the way you shoot change because you can't, you can't have that awesome little thing to the left-hand side of the screen because when it goes to square, that thing has disappeared and yeah, all that, all that mm. little stuff that has changed the way we work. But I do feel as though that, that captions and that um, the way that they are part of everything has definitely been a big change. Mm. There's, you know, some designers or creatives out there, I guess that have um, or still are a wee bit skeptical about a career in house or with government, um, you know, what would you say to them about the, the challenges and the complexity and the rewards of a career going client side? Um, I do think it is a bit of a, I, I do think it does take a certain kind of person to do it. Um, I think that if you are a pure creative, there are parts of working in a bureaucracy that will just break you down and will you'll feel just <laughs> too frustrated. Yeah. And as a flip side, if you are a pure bureaucrat, you will lack the flexibility and creativity to come up with new ideas and new ways of doing things. So you do need mm. to be someone who can actually find that, that medium in between and that perhaps can can find the joy in the process as much as the actual end product. Um, so, mm. but... I mean, at the same time, like we get to work on a real, like, you know, we do, we get to work on a huge range of projects um, and you do get to see, you know, your work in action. Like I've got three kids. I get to see a lot of stuff we do for education and schools go out. So you do get to see mm. that, that visceral real, this is something we've created um, uh, response. And, you know, you do also, you know, all the stuff we do on social, it's always nice to see the interactions that come back from it. And so you do get a good feel for what's happening. And you also, I mean, we get to shoot on really nice cameras. So we've got really nice equipment. Mm. We've got good Macs and stuff to edit on. So, you know, you're, it's not the poor cousin necessarily, um, but perhaps it's more just the, the, the way in which you work is, is the tricky part. Mm, absolutely. We place so many people inside of, um, you know, government and corporate in-house studios and the regular feedback is the excitement around the complexity, around the variety, um, and you know the the design that we're seeing coming out of um, you know the government and corporate space now, of course, is absolutely exceptional because they're doing a really good job attracting people um, from that agency environment in house. What's uh, one final question? What's been one of the more favourite projects that you've worked on recently? Oh, look, I'll be honest, from, a, from a, a very selfish point of view, suddenly being able to get back to actually filming people has been mm -hmm. fantastic because I can tell you that, yeah, nearly 12 months of webcams of, that have been backlit and with people with cameras up their noses, all that sort of stuff like yeah. that. And then trying to create content from that was kind of, was a little bit heartbreaking. Um, but we created a little... Um, a little animation um, during the COVID um, lockdown around masks, wearing masks. And okay. it was one of those things where someone within the comms team came up with this idea of, um, you know, uh, all heroes wear masks. Cool. Okay. What have we got? Can That's we create great. something around that? Yeah. It was, and then look, sadly, by the time we'd finally got it out there and approved, it was 
everyone else had had the same idea. But nonetheless, uh -huh. we were very happy with ourselves at the time. Um, but it was one of the things where the design team said, cool, okay, let's create. They created these beautiful little um, uh, characters and animations. And then our video After Effects team got together and said, cool, okay, well, let's do this. And so we got to create something in a really short turnaround. It was using the best parts of both of the team to come up with something that was really fantastic and got engagement and people were interested. And it was just one of those projects where everything fell into place. And as a result, everyone was really happy. And you don't get a whole lot of those. So you've got to really enjoy it when they do. You love what you do, don't you, Chris? I can feel it through the Zoom. When it works, yes, I do. There are times when I've been weeping in the corner, but no, the majority of the time, um, the, I mean, look, you know, if you get to work, if you get to do something creative with the relative safety of, of working in government, like it, to me, yeah, it is the, the best of both worlds. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Um, it sounds like you've got a fabulous team. I do indeed. Thank you very much for giving me the time to have a chat. You're welcome. You take care. See you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.